Blog Talk Radio. This is our common ground, alternative activist empowerment talk radio, speaking truth to our and ourselves. Who are you? You don't know. Don't tell me Negro, that's nothing. What were you before the white man named you a Negro? And where were you? And what did you have? What was yours? What language did you speak then? I am a revolutionary. It's just about what we didn't do. Amen. Then it speaks to us and the possibility for us as a future person. Because ultimately, our people's future resides on what we do outside of the White House. African descent family, America failed. She put them in chains. The government put them on slave quarters, put them on action block, auction blocks, put them in cotton fields, put them in inferior schools, put them in substandard housing, put them in scientific experience, experiments, put them in the lowest paying jobs, put them outside the equal protection of the law, kept them out of their racist bastions of higher education, and locked them into positions of hopelessness and helplessness. The government gives them the drugs, builds bigger prisons, passes a three-strike law, and then wants us to sing God Bless America? No, no, no. Not God Bless America. God... Our Common Ground with Janice Graham. Our Common Ground, speaking truth to power and ourselves. Our Common Ground, a higher ground for discourse, discussion, solutions, and ideas. I'm Janice Graham, and I'll be listening for you. Talk, talk, that matters. Transforming truth to power. One broadcast at a time. And now to Our Common Ground with Janice Graham. Today, the family of Keith Vidal is searching for answers after police shot and killed their 18-year-old schizophrenic son. Boiling Spring Lakes police officers were called to the home of Mark and Mary Wilsey the night of January 5th to help them subdue the 90-pound teenager who had a small screwdriver in his hand. When they arrived, police tased and then just 70 seconds into the confrontation, shot and killed Keith. Now, this North Carolina family wants to know why the three officers resorted to such extreme measures. Have you ever buried a child? I have. I know how hard it is. I'm not doing anything. 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 I
This is for the kids who die, black and white. For kids will die certainly. The old and the rich will live on a while, as always, eating blood and gold, letting kids die. Kids will die in the swamps of Mississippi, organizing sharecroppers. Kids will die in the streets of Chicago, organizing workers. Kids will die in the orange groves of California, telling others to get together. Whites and Filipinos, Negroes and Mexicans, all kinds of kids will die who don't believe in lies and bribes and contentment and a lousy peace. Of course, the wise and the learned who pen editorials in the papers will live on weaving words to smother the kids who die. And the sleazy courts and the bride-reaching police and the blood-loving generals and the money-loving preachers will all raise their hands against the kids who die, beating them with laws and clubs and bayonets and bullets to frighten the people. For the kids who die are like iron in the blood of the people. Listen, kids who die. Maybe now there will be no monument for you except in our hearts. But the day will come. You are sure yourself that it is coming. When the marching feet of the masses will raise for you a living monument of love and joy and laughter. And black hands and white hands clasped as one. And a song that reaches the sky. The song of the life triumphant through the kids who die. And now to our common ground. Sitting in for Janice tonight is India Declare of the I Declare Show. Give him a sense of pride to make it easier. Let the children And with that, we say a good Saturday evening to each and every one of you. Welcome to Our Common Ground. Uh, Of course, uh, Ms. Janice Graham is not here this evening as she is under the weather, uh, but we know she is very close by. Um, And Ms. Janice, we say, um, uh, please uh, heal and be, be well, get strong, and we are here um, uh, for you. 
Uh, our common ground is the um, excellent uh, programming heard here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash OCG. Uh, the chat room is open, and that is the link to how you can find it. Uh, the uh, call line is uh, 347-838-9852, uh, and that is how uh, you, the listener, can participate verbally if you so choose. Uh, of course, uh, this evening's production, as the audio clearly indicated, uh, is dedicated to the situation uh, in regards to the war on our children. Uh, and how we as a national community uh, must do everything we can to stop the war on our children. Uh, this evening's special guest uh, will be Ruby Sales. Uh, she is the executive director of the Spirit House Project and has spearheaded this project of the Stop the War on Our Children movement. Uh, and when I say movement, uh, I do mean movement. Um, there is a day of uh, national attention being brought to this issue in Washington, D.C. Uh, there is a delegation of 300-plus uh, women, uh, women of varying cultures, uh, this is a day of action um, on behalf of our nation's children, especially black children. It is taking place 18 March uh, of this year uh, in Washington, D.C. Um, if you want to know how you can be a participant, um, be an organizer, uh, bring your voice and your physical being uh, to um this march and this movement, uh, continue to listen, and uh, we will get you all that information. Uh, of course, um, we are seeing uh, in current politics uh, on the side of our nation's Republican Party, uh, the uh, leading uh, Republican presidential candidate, uh, the candidate that is uh, leading in most, if not all, of the polls, uh, Mr. Donald Trump. Mr. Donald Trump uh, attempted to give a rally yesterday there in Chicago, Illinois, uh, and uh, was uh, unsuccessful. Uh, because protesters are rising in unison uh, to the varying anti-messages, be it anti-immigrant, anti-President uh, Obama, um, uh, uh, anti-Muslims. Uh, 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 Mr. Trump has a litany of anti-narratives, uh, and the people of Chicago said, not here. Um, we are, are, are seeing uh, an intensity uh, to the rallies and an intensity to the protest of Mr. Trump's rallies. Uh, this evening in Ohio, uh, there, uh, there are reports of uh, pepper spray being used and uh, on said protesters 
and uh, uh, the video is uh, has gone viral uh, in regards to protesters um, standing to the narrative of uh, Mr. Trump uh, and uh, some uh, having to deal with being pepper sprayed in regards to that. Uh, if you would like to speak to that, um, we, of course, will be taking calls uh, later on. Uh, but the intensity and the uh, ginning up uh, of our uh, GOP brothers and sisters uh, is 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 uh, uh, reaching a, a new level. Uh, however, we know that uh, this uh, uh, priming of the pump, if you will. Uh, on the Republican side is nothing new. Uh, and uh, so now uh, uh, this uh, fascinating presidential candidacy of Donald J. Trump uh, has the GOP establishment, uh, has their head spinning. It was all right as long as the vitriol was uh, pointed at the direction of President Obama. Uh, it was all right uh, for uh, then presidential candidate Mitt Romney to receive the endorsement of Donald J. Trump. It it was all right uh, as long as the uh, GOP was achieving their said immediate goal, and uh, that was to continue to rouse their base and uh, with an unprecedented uh, amount of uh, vitriol uh, obstruct President Obama uh, in many of his presidential initiatives. Uh, it was all right as long as it was pointed in that direction. Uh, however, now that the uh, Trump machine, if you will, uh, has risen and taken political hold in terms of delegates uh, and uh, primaries and caucuses uh, in this primary season, uh, things seem not to be all right. And many of said Republicans who uh, turned a cheek or even supported then Donald Trump when he was the birther-in-chief, have now uh, begin to speak out about uh, the vitriol and all of that. It is just tremendously fascinating uh, to watch uh, the, uh, how can I say, the, the, the uproaring uh, infestation of political negativity turn on its own and uh, begin to uh, eat its own. Uh, we just hope people are safe and uh, things do not get any more intense. So you're listening to uh, Our Common Ground here on blogtalkradio.com. My name is India Declare. I am host of the I Declare show and founder of ideclaremedia.com. If you want 
more of my perspective, you can find it there at IDeclareMedia.com. Uh, our Common Ground is the award-winning program uh, heralded by Ms. Janice Graham. Uh, for those of you who are wanting to chime in the chat room and you might not know how, uh, please catch the link, blogtalkradio.com forward slash O-C-G. For those of you who uh, wish to chime in uh, via your mobile devices, the way to do so is 347-838-9852. You're welcome to just listen on said mobile device. However, if you uh, wish to chime in and be heard, uh, please just hit the number one, and that will cue the studio uh, that you have something to say. Uh, This evening, we are talking about the uh, horrific, uh, apparently never-ending uh, violence against our nation's children, specifically black children, but this is, of course, happening to children of varying cultures. Uh, and Ms. Ruby Sales uh, has put together uh, what can only be uh, labeled as a tremendous effort Uh, to stop the war on our children in schools and in the street. uh, Very powerful people profile. Uh, They bully, they criminalize, they manhandle and murder our children. Uh, We, the citizenry, have been silent, have been too silent for far too long. And our children have had to face these assaults without the power of a community along with them. We are demanding that the country see our children as investments, not thugs. This must stop. We say stop the war on our children, and we need you, the listening audience, to participate. There will be a delegation of 300-plus women of varying cultures. Uh, They have declared a day of action on behalf of children who, uh, the children who have been victims of a very bloody and violent war. Uh, This is to take place on the 18th of March, uh, coming up very soon there in Washington, D.C. If you wish to participate, uh, be heard, um, uh, become an organizer, uh, please visit uh, or drop an email uh, to info at spirithouseproject.org, info at spirithouseproject. And you can contact Ms. Ruby Sales at 404-228-7794. We need all voices on this issue. Even if you don't have children of your own, those children are our children. And yes, we must stop the war on our children. Ms. Ruby Sales will be our special guest uh, later on, and I wanted to share with you 
uh, a little bit about her background. It is extensive uh, and admirable. Ms. Sales is a highly trained, experienced, and deeply committed social activist. She is a scholar, an administrator, a manager, a public theologian, and an educator in the areas of civil, gender, and other human rights. She is an excellent public speaker with a proven track record in conflict resolution and consensus building. And God knows we need all we can get of that. Ms. Sales has preached around the country on race, class, gender, and reconciliation. And she has done groundbreaking work on community and nonviolence formation. Ms. Sales also serves as a national convener of the Every Church, a Peace Church movement. She's the founder and executive director of the Spirit House Project, and the project initiator of Stop the War on Our Children. Uh, This is profound. And uh, as I like to say on my program, these are the voices and and the spirits and and this is the grit um, of everyday Americans uh, rising and literally living their activism literally laying their lives on the line in the name of activism. Our children need to know that we, the so-called adults, um, are fighting for them. Our children need to know that we we are there for them. Our children need to know that we are an example for them. Our children need to know that we will rise and protect them. It is incorrigible, it is unspeakable what is happening across this country to our kids. Uh, If you are black, uh, you know uh, because you have either been the subject of or, or or have had to speak to your children about when they walk out that door, when they cross that threshold, they are in a very brutal, uh, non-caring world. And uh, all of us have had to have the talk about how to uh, navigate ourselves once we step outside the protection and inner sanctum of our homes. And all too often, our children have been subjected to unspeakable and heinous brutality. Brutality that is not uh wielded on on some and brutality that is uh, that is very rarely used in in some zip codes somehow the brutality seems to really uh, intensify uh in varying zip codes uh, zip codes that represent uh a lower economic profile uh zip codes that represent 
people uh, of color uh, and, again, people who are not necessarily on the uh, wealth end of the barometer. Don't have a lot of uh, heinous uh, police brutality when the zip code represents uh, wealth and power. And that is, of course, nothing new uh, in this country. Uh, and um, that's why uh, movements and efforts uh, like what Ms. Sales is doing uh, at the Spirit House Project is so desperately necessary. Uh, the numbness of it all, the the overwhelm of it all, the just wanting to bury your head in the sand and act like it can't happen to you of it all, I believe has uh, permeated uh, too many uh, of us uh, in in this country. Uh, in my opinion, uh, this seems to have become um, the United States of I've got mine. I've got mine. Oh, well. And you hit the automatic windows, tinted, of course, uh, of your fly ride and drive by. Turn the music on loud so we don't have to hear the yells and the cries of desperate help from those in need. I've got mine. What say you? Why is it that uh, we, and I say we who, we who really should have the chill bumps of empathy from head to toe, why is it that uh, that particular we has become so numb. I find the apathy, I find it to be silent cruelty to those who we know are in such need. You're listening to Our Common Ground. Right here on blogtalkradio.com. I, I believe Miss Janice Graham has a break uh, coming up for me. Uh, and pardon me as I uh, navigate my way through uh, Miss Janice Graham's uh, brilliantly uh, laid out uh, run sheet. Um, it is an honor to sit in her chair on this evening. It is an honor uh, to know Miss Janice Graham and to be a colleague of hers and to study her work as I do consistently. Uh so bear with me uh <laughs> uh as uh, uh uh um her flow is uh um uh, iconic uh and I I I work to uh uh align myself with it. Our call in number is 347 838 9852 uh, If you want to get in that chat room and uh show some love 
please visit blogtalkradio.com forward slash O-C-G. Uh, Ms. Janice Graham is is normally here uh, in this uh, fabulous tuffeted seat, <laughs> but uh, she is uh, a bit uh, under the weather, and we are sending her prayers of wellness uh, and healing and um, feet massages. We are sending her uh, feet massages. That's what we're doing because feet massages always uh, make us feel so much better. Um, did I hit all the points? Uh, let's see. Uh, and just pardon me as I um, read my run sheet uh, to you. Well, no, not to you. I, I won't read it to you. I'm reading Ruby's it to myself. The, Ruby's on the on the line. Uh, Ms. Ruby Sales is on the line. Uh, let us. Uh, let us just review just quickly uh, who Ms. Ruby Nell Sales is. Uh, she is a highly trained, experienced, and deeply committed social activist. This woman is a scholar. She is an administrator. She is a manager, a public theologian, and an educator in the areas of civil, gender, and other realms of human rights. She is an excellent public speaker with a proven track record in conflict resolution and consensus building. Ms. Sales has preached around the country on race, class, gender, and reconciliation, and she has done groundbreaking work on community and nonviolence formation. Ms. Sales also serves as a national convener of the Every Church, a Peace Church movement. She is the founder and executive director of the Spirit House Project, and the project initiator of the Stop the War on Our Children, uh, the movement that is uh, making a big statement in Washington, D.C., 18 March of this year. Ms. Sales, thank you so much for joining us this evening on uh, uh, on your home show. Uh, that is uh, our common ground. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. So good of you to uh, be with us. I I am normally um, very pajama fabulous, and I love to listen to you and Miss Janice Graham uh, on these Saturday evenings. So it is a a special treat and high honor uh, for me to be able to speak with you uh, extensively. Can you hear me? Uh, Yes, I, 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 I hear you, and I'm hoping that you can hear me as well. Okay, now I hear you. Okay. Yes, I was. I was. I was saying that I normally uh, am um, uh, 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 boudoir fabulous and uh, uh, listening to you and Miss Janice Graham on these uh, Saturday evenings. So it is a particular treat and high honor uh, for me to be able to speak with you this evening. Well, it's an honor to be present, and thank you so much. Absolutely. Uh, um, I, I, I wanted basically to uh, uh, let you speak with the audience in regards to uh, your Stop the War on Our Children movement um, and, 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 and the hearings coming up in Washington, D.C., uh, and how this came about. And uh, and thank you so very much for doing this. Talk to our audience about 
about all of this, dear? Well, we're living in an era where black children around the country are not safe in schools are on the streets of America. In certain schools in Los Angeles and around the country, school resource officers have a soft weapon. Hello? Yes, I'm right here. Yes, I have assault weapons that they use, the same assault weapons that they use on the battlefields um, in the Middle East. They use these weapons in our schools. In schools, in addition to that, black students are three times more likely than white students to be victims of corporal punishment from head start throughout the high school. And the people who are beating them are white people. So the question on the table is, why are we letting these white people beat our children? The other thing is that they are four times more likely to be expelled from school for normal behavior that these child would do. They're most likely to be expelled. In Maine, although that's a small population of black people, Black, people, black students are eight times more likely to be expelled from school. In addition to that, Mr. Camille Rice and Ariana Jones, Stephanie mm-hmm. Watts, Kenneth Johnson, we see an avalanche of black kids from 16 years old up to 21 being shot and executed by the police on the streets of America. Yes. And we are demanding an absolute end to this war on our children. And this effort in Washington, D.C., 300 black women and women who parent black children will stand before the nation in a day of action contesting this war on our children. We will begin with a silent walk. Then we will proceed to the Capitol where we will read the names of the dead, the children who've been murdered. And from the Capitol, we will go to a church where we will have national hearings from women who who are coming from around the country to offer testimony about how their children were murdered by police in school in in this country. Additionally, we will have Naya, who's a young black girl. We all saw the image of the girl being thrown across the room by the police in Spring Hill Spring Valley High School in Columbia, South Carolina. And there was mm-hmm. a classmate of hers who took a picture of that. And she was criminalized for having taken that picture, put in jail, and now faces a misdemeanor charge. Expelled from school, put in jail, and is now facing a misdemeanor charge. So we will be exposing all of this. We have mothers coming as far away from Michigan, Florida, New York, New Jersey, Philadelphia, 
Delaware, Maryland, Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Florida, Ohio. So women will gather in Washington, D.C. And we are asking women to come because our community has really suffered. Yes. With the most of black women as freedom fighters in our community. So we're trying to build a, a movement with black women being the base because the base is important whether you're talking about a house or whether you're talking about a building. The base is really important. It holds up the entire house. And that's what we have been in our community until the civil rights movement when we were no longer functioning as the base because we thought that there was no need for a base because the house was safe and secure because we had had a movement. But in fact, the house collapsed because the base was no longer there to uphold the house. And 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 that is a brilliant uh, analogy of exactly where we are, uh, Miss Sales. You mentioned um, uh, uh, the hearings and 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 uh, and the and the group of testifying uh, there. Uh, uh, do you know which congressional uh, committee will be um, taking that testimony? This is not a congressional committee. We're first taking our case to the people. We will be testifying before the public in Washington, D.C. Um, okay, got it. Yeah, because we think that Congress is one thing, but we must take our case first and foremost to the people because, unfortunately, many of us have our heads in the sand. Many of us don't seem to, we seem to care more about who will win the presidential race and fight with each other more about politics and someone's career being president that we do for the safety and the rights of our own children. So I'm trying to break through this wall of indifference because many young people who come to work with me from Spelman, Morehouse, and Clark, and colleges around the country, they come to the organization extremely angry with older adults. And when you scratch the surface of that anger, it's really older black adults that they're angry with. And they're uh-huh. angry because they're still abandoned. They don't understand why we sent them into these places facing strong white people and they had to fend for themselves and we seem to have been oblivious to the racism and the dehumanization that they face every day of their lives in these environments. So they feel abandoned. And they uh, they don't want to hear in many ways about the civil rights movement because their attitude is, if the movement was so great, then why have I gone through so much and where were you? Mm. So we've got a crisis in our community, a crisis of abandonment. And what we're trying to do in the work that we're doing is to rebuild the intergenerational connection between the younger, the younger black people and older black people, this connection has been decimated in the last 50 years. And without this connection, once again, the house is divided and will collapse. So we're trying to build a house, rebuild the house of black people to make sure 
that the house is sturdy, to make sure that it does not continue to collapse. And we understand that in order to do this, generations must be talking with each other. Generations must see themselves in each other. And so instead of seeing our young people as thugs and criminals, we must see them as an extension of who we are. And instead of them seeing us as as people who abandon them and bad people, they must see themselves in us. And so this is the work that we're trying to do with this broad base of black women, this delegation of 300 black women. We're beginning to try to build that base again, point by point. Um, your 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 points are 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 so deep and so spot on. Uh, I am, uh, and I've heard you reference uh, reference these concerns before uh, as a listener myself, listening to you uh, as a guest on uh, our common ground. And uh, these are issues that uh, really do not uh, uh, meet the uh, airwaves of media too often. Uh, and I could not agree with you more. I I I, I think that there is a, unfortunately uh, a tremendous uh, a well of um, um, uh, despair that has uh, turned uh, to morphed to uh, 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 very deep seated uh, anger uh, in terms of uh, the 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 adults of uh, African Americans specifically. Uh, I I would be fair to them. Angry, they're also hurt. It's a right. combination of emotions that they're feeling. So I absolutely. Really, have to represent them as nearly angry young people. They also hurt young people. Absolutely, absolutely. And 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 and, and anger is aged pain. So um, um, uh, anger being the result of ignored and 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 pain that has literally just been left to fester. Um, I'm 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 hearing that uh, 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 that you're not coming over. Um, uh, very clearly on our airwaves, Miss um, uh, Sells, are you on a speakerphone by any chance? Is there? Is there? Sometimes uh, my headset can. Is that can better? Oh, that appears to be better on my end, and I'm 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 waiting to hear uh, from the studio if that is better on their end. It sounds a bit better on my end, indeed. Uh, and we'll we'll hopefully we'll get word from the studio here in a moment uh, um, uh, that it is better on their end uh, as well. Miss um, uh, Sales, how how can um, I just go back and make a point because I really oh, I wow. hear what you're okay. saying, and I yes. hear that pain is is you know what anger is in your understanding. But the reason mm-hmm. why I'm pressing to make a distinction between anger and hurt. Mm-hmm. is that when you say people are angry, that places a lot of the responsibility and a lot of the, the light on them. But when you mm-hmm. say someone is hurt, the assumption is, is that someone has hurt them. So that mm-hmm. it's not just this anger that is their particular kind of condition. But when I say that they're hurt, it requires us to ask why are they hurt and who has hurt them. Right. Uh, an excellent distinction and point 
point well made because there is um, uh, the responsibility is is uh, 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 so broad and so deep. Um, uh, it's a community responsibility. It's a it's a it's a humanity responsibility. It's a it's a it's a spirit responsibility. It's a it's a earth mother responsibility. It's it's very maternal. Um, um, uh, uh, as I as I as I hear you and as I have heard you uh, discuss well, this. Well, what I'm also saying is that it's very important. Let me just lay it out to you, real on a real level. Nobody respects. Nobody respects a people who allow them to abuse their children. So white people have ceased to respect us, and we see evidence of that in our daily lives. We see evidence of that at the Trump rallies when they beat up black children and beat up black people. We hear evidence of that in the media, the way the media talk about black people. The truth of the matter is, no one respects the people who don't love their children enough to fight for them. And so we have to begin, and, and it's, we've got to begin to really look at that. Why have people lost respect for us? What does it mean for people to luxurate in materialism and lose their children? Why in the world would we allow white people to beat our children? Why in the world would we allow our children to be expelled from school for wearing their hat to the left when it should be turned to the right? Why would we allow the fashion of our children to be criminalized? Our children can't even dress a certain way, or their dress and fashion is criminalized. When we talked about the hoodies, it was the criminalization of hoodies and the criminalization of dressing that that that, that represents, and we need to begin to analyze on a very deep level, what it is we're looking at. We talked about the hoodies, and we talk about telling our children not to go out in hoodies, but the fundamental question is the criminalization of black children's fashion. And at the same time, and at the same time, you see um, um, uh, uh, the white people criminalize and 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 have a and have a demeaning perspective of it um, um, uh, of 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 a black uh, a child or or or, or a black kid style, and then at the same time you see pop culture take the style, emulate it, uh, imp, um, implement it on a white subject, and sell it. Right, and so the question for us is, why is it that we're allowing white people to unleash their arsenal, their weapons against our children? Our children are up against psychological warfare. There's terror in schools that are militarized today. There are school resource officers in schools that are predominantly black, and these officers have usually come from uh, from the battlefields of the Middle East, and they don't treat our children as if they're children. They treat them as if they're enemy combatants, and the same mm-hmm. tactics that they used in, in fighting people in the Middle East are the same tactics they use in our children. So they throw them down on the ground and do the chokehold. They taser them. They do all kinds of uh, military tactics on our children. I'm I'm really wanting black people, black adults, to really ask ourselves, 
What is the source of our disinterest? What is the source of our paralysis? And why is it that we would allow powerful, big, white people to assault, murder, terrorize, intimidate, humiliate our children? Why? There was once upon a time during the Civil Rights Movement when this, when black kids took over the street and they turned it into a glorious site of resistance. They made the streets be a place of life and affirmation and liberation and transformation and aspiration, and now the streets have become death traps for them. So this whole insidious process of turning something that was once life-giving into something that is now a death trap, Wow. Uh we are uh we're joined by uh Ms. Ruby Sales. Um uh Ms. Sales has uh, um uh, initiated the movement uh the stop the war on our children movement. Uh there uh, is a delegation of 300 plus uh women. Uh they have uh, marked a day of action uh, on behalf of black children. Uh, this is to take place 18 March of this year in Washington, D.C. What can you do if you want to become an organizer or if you want to participate, you want to uh, bring your voice and your uh, uh, your um, situation, uh, your experiences um, uh, to the movement, uh, to the delegation of 300-plus women and stand, uh, then please, uh, we want you to do so. Uh, please contact Ms. Sales at the Spirit House Project. The number is 404-228-7794. Ms. Sales, you you said, well, you said so many things here that are so profound. Uh, uh, One of the questions uh, that you have asked uh, us, uh, the nation, um, what is the source of our disinterest? What is the source of our paralysis? Uh, I, I I find those two questions to be tremendously simple and uh, extremely profound. Uh, and I, I I believe with when and if we can drill down on the answers to those two questions, uh, we will begin to uh, at least uh, see some daylight in a turnaround where our streets can once again be a place of life and liberation and transformation and aspiration. Uh, I find that so powerful. What is the source of our disinterest? Um, uh, I, I, um, uh, in, my, in my brief monologue at the beginning of the show, I spoke of uh, um, uh, an apathy, a numbness, uh, and I've got mine, mindset. Um, uh, and we see it every day. Um, uh, 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 yet your questions uh, uh, drill down on that and lift the hood on that, and 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 you speak to uh, uh, what I believe is 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 at the core of this, and that is what is the source of our disinterest and our paralysis. Um uh do you do you have any insight on that question? Well, I think that several things I think. I think that black people have been so bombarded with assaults 
dehumanization mm-hmm. assaults on our images and assaults on our families. In the 90s, Ronald Reagan coined this expression of the welfare queen. And despite the fact that more white people were on drugs than black people, the face of crack mothers became a black female face. And so there was an assumption that the whole black community was a drug den. And white people believed that, but the tragedy is we also believed it. We began to believe that all black men were absent fathers. There were absent fathers, but that should have been contextualized within the fact that many fathers were present. And so we began to really see ourselves in very negative terms and began to believe that we were worthless and that our communities were no longer communities or neighborhoods, they became hoods. And that New Jack City and Boys on the Hood, those movies became an expression of black life. And there was nothing redeeming about black life in those movies. And so we began to internalize and undo all of the black is beautiful that we had internalized during the 60s and 70s. And we began to internalize a sense of ourselves as very unworthy people, very ugly, unworthy people who did not come from neighborhoods, but rather we came from hoods. And this, and if you are unworthy, then your children must be unworthy too. Mm-hmm. So, so we no longer valued our children because we no longer valued ourselves. And we allowed the spin doctors to tell us who we are and who we are to each other. And we became a part of the larger echo in the society that said that if you do the crime, you do the time. But we Mm -hmm. did not understand that the criminal justice landscape is not equal, that white children did the crime, but they didn't do the time, that Mm -hmm. our children were the only ones in darker-skinned Latinos were the only ones who were doing the time for crimes that they often did not commit. And I think the other thing that I think happened is that we believed that love, that the manifestation of love was materialism. And so we began to lust after the things that the empire had in their homes, the car they drove, the titles that they had, and we began to love those things far more than we loved our children. And so we deluded ourselves into believing that good schools, what what were good schools for white people, were also good schools for our children without understanding that that's relative and you can't expect a racist to treat your children well in school. You can't expect someone who's been polluted by systemic racism to love and value your child. And so we entered into a wilderness of delusions where even in the South where white people had thrown rocks with black to black children on Friday, keeping them out of the schools. On Mondays, we rushed to put our children in those schools, believing in some naive way that the teachers would be fair because that was our frame of reference. We had grown right. up in communities where teachers were fair, where teachers uh-huh. wanted our children to succeed, where we were involved in a community project 
with teachers. And so people began to say, well, black parents don't care about their children. But black parents are the very people who were the first generation of black kids who were sent into these institutions because 37,000 black teachers were fired. These children have grown up only knowing white teachers. Why would you turn your most precious resource over to someone who does not love them? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I must admit, how and, to do. Um, absolutely, as you as you articulate um, uh, the intricacies of that wilderness, uh, I cannot help but think of my own situation. Uh, I was one of those children, uh, one you know, uh, one of millions that was. You, know, you got up uh, uh, before uh, birds in the morning, and you got on a bus and. Thank God the bus driver was, you know, polite. And uh, but, uh, uh, you know, we were driven across town uh, to the school and uh, treated like I won't say on air what we were treated like, but uh, I'm sure you can uh, foster the term. And uh, it did have a tremendous uh, psychological. Uh, 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 well, I won't use that term either, but it was uh, it was horrendous. And uh, you know, you grew up thinking that this was the right thing. And 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 you're doing the right thing, and you want your teacher, you know, uh, to like you. And even when we were bussed across town, uh, and you know, we didn't know we're in the fourth, third, or fourth grade, and she still set the she she set the whites to it was a math teacher. She set the whites to the left and the blacks on the right. And and this was my experience. So this is what I lived as you. So are, where, why would black parents allow their children? to go someplace where the right students are on the left and the black students are on the right. I think my point is students in the fourth grade don't have a grasp of reality. They don't understand the complexities of a situation, but we do. So the question on the table is why do we delude ourselves in believing that racists on Friday could be good teachers on Monday? Why did we believe that just because the school was a good school for a white kid, it was a good school for a black kid in a society where there's racism? Why right. did we not take good care of our children? Right. Do you right. understand uh, uh, generations uh, of black children have been devastated who are now yes. adults from these public schooling situations where they were dehumanized in class if they did a good paper, it meant that they had cheated. They never got the kind of rewards or validation that they needed to have. They never were allowed to reach the highest capacity in terms of extracurricular activities. All Mm -hmm. the leaders were white, and all the objects were black and brown. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And no uh, no matter how one excelled or worked to excel, uh uh you were your 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 excellence uh was uh, never uh, acknowledged so i will say this that uh, uh just in the just in the naivete of coming home and mom saying hey how was your school you know, how was your day and you know and all that and 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 i begin to kind of say well gee why are we you know why, why are we on the why are we on the right side and why are they on the left side uh, so uh, 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 my big afro mom, uh, <laughs> once she found out what was going on, uh, immediately I was uh, pulled out of that school and, uh, you know, put uh, in another school in our neighborhood. But, um, uh, you know, it was... Let it me was, just it was, say, it was, the whole conversation 
is not to go back and blame parents, right, but to say, right. okay, we've gone through that experiment. We've gone through that process. What have we learned? And right. where do we need to go from here? The, the sin is not that we did it. The sin is that we continue to do it and we continue not to face reality, although the statistics make it very clear that our children are being treated like enemy combatants in school. They are being sent home for, for if you raise the pencil the wrong way, if you put on your hat the wrong way. Their behavior is being criminalized. For example, let's take Felicia Johnson, six-year-old black kindergarten student from Milledgeville, Georgia, had a temper tantrum. Principal called the police. The police came, put her hands in, in, in chain, bound her hands and, and bound her feet mm-hmm. and took her to jail without ever telling her parents what was going on. Criminalized something as simple as, as having a tantrum. Take Andrew Joseph, whose mother will be with us. He was 14 years old at the fairground with his peers at the fair. The police comes and raids the fairground and say that because they're black, they're gang members. These are young people who come from middle-class homes and, 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 and young black kids who, despite the fact that they might not come from, uh, they're economically dispossessed, they are good kids, and they're just mm-hmm. out like all other kids having fun. And the police right. comes and takes them to, to jail where they strip search them, humiliate them, say that they're looking for gang marks, find none, take the children to Highway 85, let them out on an interstate highway in the middle of the night, never call their parents, and Andrew Joseph gets hit by a white man, a white driver, white male driver, who has a long history of criminal uh, conduct and offenses. Andrew Joseph is killed, and no charges are ever brought against the white driver. In addition to that, they allow him to lie in the street and wouldn't touch a 14-year-old kid because they said he was a member of a gang. And so he bled to death on the highway. These are the atrocities. Take, for example, Stephen Watts, 15-year-old autistic kid. He's acting out. His mother calls the ambulance. His father calls the ambulance. Instead of the ambulance coming, the police comes. Within seconds of being in the house, they shoot him dead. The criminalization of mental illness. I guess I'm, so these are the issues that are Kenneth Johnson, Kendrick Johnson, down in Valdosta. His mother will be with us. He was an athlete in school, Lowndes County High School in Valdosta, Georgia. Went to school one day and never came home. Ended up dead on a tennis mat. And the school said he had had an accident and accidentally killed himself. And the parents never accepted it, but they buried him anyway. And they just kept nagging at the mother because she didn't believe it. She exhumed his body and found out that he had died from blunt force trauma. And not only that, 
every organ in his body was missing, and his body was stuffed with newspapers. She will offer testimony before the nation. We are dealing with heinous crimes, and our children are profiled, targeted, dehumanized, degraded, killed, and executed. Now, they just don't shoot one time. They shoot sometimes 32 times, sometimes 29 times. Mm. As uh, is the Ms. case. Ms. Uh, 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 indeed, let me let me take a break uh, right here. We are a little bit over the top of the hour, uh, and and we will come back after the break and uh, uh, have you uh, finish your finish your uh, thoughts and get the demands uh, of 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 your of your uh, organization, uh, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to our common ground. Uh, I am India Declare, a.k.a. I Declare of the I Declare Show, sitting in for Miss Janice Graham uh, this evening as she is uh, under the weather and we're wishing her uh, wellness. Uh, we will uh, take a break. Our special guest is uh, Ms. Ruby Sales, and you are listening uh, to the h- horror um uh, uh that is everyday life for uh too many of our children in this country um we want you to be a participant and to have your voice heard uh in the stop the war on our children uh movement uh, we will be back right after this with miss ruby sales <laughs> Listening to Our Common Ground with Janice Graham, transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. by the NYPD in 2011 than there are black men living in the city. Who's protecting them? Don't sleep. This is Janice Graham of Our Common Ground, reminding you that invasive and oppressive policies in our local government paid by our tax dollars is your responsibility. That's right. Don't sleep. Stop and frisk. It's not right. It's damaging our children and our community. Thank you for listening to an Our Common Ground Black Service announcement. This announcement is brought to you by Our Common Ground Communications. Our Common Ground, each Saturday, 10 p.m., transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time.
I Declare Show is where we deal with the difficult, real raw, right now. If it's real raw right now, talk media. Come on, baby, say it with me. It can only be the I Declare Show. Talk soon. Hi, my friend and colleague on Blog Talk Radio. Every Tuesday night at 9 p.m., the I Declare Show with India Declare. Are you breathing oxygen in? Are you raising the energy up? Or are you bringing the energy down? There's no middle ground. It's your real, raw, and right now talk radio. I Declare Show, Tuesdays, 9 p.m., Blog Talk Radio. I Declare It. Dealing with the difficult, real, raw, right now. The I Declare Show, baby. Because our society is only as strong as all its individuals, the United Negro College Fund has helped educate thousands of doctors and researchers, but we need more. Thousands of architects and engineers, but we need more. Thousands of teachers and biologists, but we need more. And when disease, injustice, pollution, poverty, and countless other problems threaten to pull us apart, we had better educate every single person who has the potential to solve our problems. And to educate more people, we need more of your help. Give to the United Negro College Fund. With so much at stake, a mind is a terrible thing to waste. To be safe to white people is that black people are inherently criminal. We come from a criminal culture, and we pose a clear and present danger to the social order and to the security of white people. And so they have permission. We all alone, fighting on our own. Please give me a chance. I don't want to dance. Something's got me down. Thank you for being with us tonight. This is our common ground. A sanctuary. Black truth finds its place where resistance is treasured. Speaking truth to power and ourselves. All we want to do is take the chains off. All we want to do is break the chains off. All we want to do is be free. All we want to do is be free. And we are and we are back. Uh, we uh, we are back. You are listening to Our Common Ground. Uh, and a good Saturday to each and every one of you. Uh, my name is India Declarer, uh, a.k.a. I Declare of uh, the I Declare Show, 
heard on IDeclareMedia.com. I'm sitting in for Miss Janice Graham this evening. Uh, we are joined by a very special guest, uh, Ms. Ruby Sales, uh, the Executive Director of the Spirit House Project, and she is also the Project Initiator of the Stop the War on Our Children movement. Uh, the uh, Stop the War on Our Children uh, delegation of 300-plus uh, women uh, will be March 18th uh, of this year. Um, and um, they are bringing uh, hearings before the public uh, for the investigation of heinous crimes against black children. Uh, Ms. Ruby Sales is still with us. Um, uh, Ms. Sales, I, I, I wanted to go through um, the demands uh, of your um, of your of your uh, delegation and your uh, organization. Uh, they are uh, so tremendously uh, powerful, and uh, we should all have th- this list of our demands uh, printed uh, somewhere very close to us, uh, as this uh, uh, these demands, unfortunately, uh, have permeated uh, this country, and uh, we should all uh, be very much aware uh, of what uh, your organization is calling for. Uh you're you're welcome to come on in and 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 speak to uh the demands that you uh and well, your organization are, are are in fact calling for when i say that my children are subjects of assaults in every direction one of our demands is that in in cities we've heard about flint but the lead in the water in Selma, Jackson, Mississippi, the lead is worse than sand. And black children are living in households from Michigan to Baltimore to Jackson, Mississippi, to Birmingham, Alabama, where they have no water to even take a bath because their parents cannot afford to pay the water bill in a system where water is now privatized and not available to anyone as a right to have water in one of the richest countries in the world. So one of our demands is that we we demand that black children have, have access to clean water as well as water in their homes and that their, their parents are not criminalized for not being able to pay the water bill. We demand that a lot of people say, well, wouldn't it be great if all if the schools were black? And so we, we say that we do not demand uh, integration, segregation, but democratization. We demand that schools are democratized, that faculty, uh, that black teachers are on faculties throughout the nation, that the curriculum represents more than the expression of one group of people, that the curriculum embodies a society that has been democratized. So we want a democratized curriculum. We want uh, human, We want to make sure our, our children are treated equitably in schools. So that's one of our, our demands. We also are saying stop the, 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 the murder of black children 
in schools and in the streets of America. We are also demanding that there be a national hearing Mm -hmm. in Congress Did I lose you, Miss Sells? I believe we might have lost Miss Ruby Sales uh, as she works to reconnect, and I'll let the studio uh, uh, determine when 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 that uh, when that reconnection uh, transpires. Uh, let me read um, the uh, demands of the Stop the War on Our Children movement. Uh, demand number one, we demand an end to state-sanctioned murder of black children. I'm back on. You are you are with us. Can you hear me, Ms. Sales? Yes, I can hear you. All righty. We apologize for those uh, technical uh, difficulties, and we are glad that you have resumed um, your rightful place on our airwaves. Uh, I was, let, uh, let me uh, just say something, because I think what I really want to convey to our listening brothers and sisters tonight is that in addition to the demand, I want to just say this is really a call to us to ask the fundamental question of how have we detached ourselves from the daily realities of our children. Not to talk about this question as if it is an academic exercise, mm-hmm. as if we're talking about some children from Venus. We need to engage with this question with the, with the understanding that these are our children. And if we don't love our children, as Tony Morrison says, out there they don't love our children. And so that we, this is really uh, a call to black people to begin to offer a different alternative to our children. Seven-year-old children should not be put in jail. Seven-year-old children should not be taken out of the classroom or eight-year-old children because they had a fight as three black girls were in Baltimore who were taken to jail, put in jail with hardened criminals because they had a fight in the classroom. I'm deeply concerned at the level of detachment that we exhibit in this time of urgent crisis, our children and darker-skinned Latino children and Native American children are the only children in this country who are being shot down like dogs 27, 37 times. And so that what we're trying to say, this is not only for black children, it's also for the survival and the dignity of a people. And we are called upon to do this task of redeeming ourselves, not only in the faith in front of our children, 
but redeeming our image and our dignity in the world so that our children can know that they are loved, so that our children know that they have a refuge, a place to be when they go up against these powerful forces who come down on them as if they are adult enemies. And so we really are facing an urgent crisis. And this delegation of black women are forming to come before the nation to non-negotiably demand an end to the war on our children. But beyond that day, we expect to build a house-to-house, door-to-door movement where black women, Native American women, Latino women, and women who raise children of color will be the base of that movement. And we expect to, to generate some changes. We expect to change the base of white society, the core of systemic racism and terror in this country. Uh, I am. I know that's heavy, but I think we've got to start asking people. Say, what's wrong with the children? Why do they act this way? My question mm-hmm. is, yeah, that's probably a good question. But also, what happens to what's wrong with the older people, and why are they behaving this way? And mm-hmm. why is it that we think that young people don't don't respect us? Have we ever? taking time to interrogate that question. Why, beyond being normal and not wanting to listen to adults anyway, but why mm-hmm. don't? Why is there this great disconnect? We don't know each other. We don't have the intimacy with each other that we once did. We don't know them and they don't know us because we have right. sent them to school where they're gone all day and the people that they're most intimate with are there white teachers? Mm-hmm. And, and they fears. trust them far more than they trust us. They have a mm-hmm. bond. They bonded with them. Despite the mistreatment, despite the injustice, they have psychologically, as prisoners of war, they have psychologically bonded with their tormentors. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, spot on. Uh, this is so um, uh, web-infused, uh, and 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 it is uh, a, a very um, a, a massive and yet very granular. Um, I, I I can look to my own life, and I can and I can apply what you're saying um, uh, uh, to many that I know, and then I can also think in a mass you know, um, um, a a, a, a massive uh, state and see that this has taken place uh, in mass uh, in terms of the detachment, uh, uh, the the, uh, almost um, um, sterilized uh, 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 approach uh, that we of the same color and of the same uh, uh, gender and culture uh, uh, we we look the same on the outside, but we are completely uh, detached and sterilized from one another in terms of any form of connection. Uh, these it gets these worse these are. Than that. 
I hear people fighting over Hillary and Clinton with far more passion than they fight over our children. They have more commitment to the presidency of two white candidates than we do for the survival and the future of our children. Tell me what's wrong with that, I declare. What's wrong with that? I think it's uh, the eyeballs are made to look out, and it is uh, just my opinion, uh, and it is probably uh, easier uh, for many to look outward and latch on and attach themselves to um, uh, 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 external events as opposed to looking inward, uh, third eye, uh, and scrubbing ourselves down and doing the uh, very uh, intense and granular work of uh, internal inventory, if you will. Uh, easier to look out and place judgment than look in uh, and uh, get to work. Well, I think that I want to add to that because I think you're on to something. I would just like to add that we have to develop a simultaneous eye where we're looking outward as well as inward at the same time because what we see inward determines how we live outward. What we see outward determines who we become on the inside. So we've got to look at the world through two eyes at the same time, functioning at the same time. The other thing that I want to say that public schools around the country are being taken over by Republican governors. Eleven states right now have done this, and the governors have absolute power and control over the schools to decide the curriculum, to decide who's hired, to decide who's fired, to decide who gets tenure. Now, that might seem like very innocuous and that it doesn't really mean anything, but it's a backdoor way of dismantling Brown versus the Board of Education Correct. and restoring white supremacy in schools. So my question is, why would we sit back as if none of this has anything to do with us or our children? Because what is beginning to happen is that for black kids, even public schools, public schooling is now something that's almost a luxury and not an assumption. Um, because absolutely. public schools are being privatized, they're being torn up. Walton Foundation is given a billion dollars to build charter schools, and we take that money, and we never ask, why would the Walton Foundation, if they're interested in education, why would they not put that money in the rehabilitation of public schools rather than put them in charter schools when there's no evidence that charter schools perform any better than public schools, and 98% of students who attend public schools are black, and to give that money to, to charter schools means, in effect, that you have torn up public schooling in this country, you have created a situation where white people can have access to that money and build mm-hmm. Christian schools and all kinds of charter schools, and you're funding segregation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you're, and you're doing it right in the faces of the very people who 
uh, pay in and need the education the most. Uh, right. Uh, um, uh, I submit that that these um, the issues that you're speaking to, as you as you as you alluded to at the top of them, they might seem innocuous and opaque and um, uh, kind of boring or 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 uh, 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 what like bureaucratic. Uh, um, uh, but they are the uh, the governing that is happening closest to you is the governing that is most that you are most impacted by, and you are right. The GOP takeover of of of, of school curriculums and textbook content and 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 budgeting and every facet uh, of education can only mean um, uh, a dilution of quality and what scant resources are already there, uh, that being weaned away as well for uh, people that look like us. And, 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 and yet it is so hard to um, – uh, uh, Janice, for multiple decades, and myself for almost 10 years now, you know, uh, and Alpha and others have been, you know, working to uh, um, uh, bring a voice to the invisible bureaucracies that happen on our dime right in front of us, and yet we are the victims of that uh, of, uh, 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 distribution of monies, of monies, but yet we are not the participants in how those monies are, dis, you know, are are distributed. Um, uh, the 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 lack of voter participation, the lack of, um, uh, uh, you know, um, when my daughter was in school. Uh, I I was very active in her school. I mean, I was on the ground. I know a lot of people are not able to do that, um, but uh, um, but the but the absence of like that parental uh, 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 you know engagement, uh, everything from the cafeteria lady to the janitor to the principal to the teachers to the school bus lady. I mean, really making an effort to have your presence known and be engaged. That I was always kind of the weird mom, and and, and I see that even less now. So well, I one the, of the things that I would say that we have to really understand. Remember earlier, I made a reference to the fact that some of these parents, older parents, maybe in their forties or maybe early fifties of the first generation of African-American children who went in mass to white schools. Correct. And schools were sites of horror for them. They, they, they did not have good experiences in terms of uh, public schooling. So right. I think a lot of times that what we see as detachment is really repressed trauma and not feeling that they have the vocabulary or the tools necessary because they didn't have another child to contest the system that seems far more able to defend itself than they're able to defend their children. So I think mm-hmm. some part of that kicks in, the sense of powerlessness, right. the sense of trauma that has not been resolved. Okay, so that, so that, so that, uh, uh, I, I completely agree and I thank you for that articulation and clarity because I I that's been an enigma to me for a very long time. Like where are the other parents? You know, like right. um, 
but I think your this again very simple and yet profound uh, layout. I I I, I, mean, yes, I think that's they still a, feel small. They feel right. as small as they felt in those spaces when they were children. That they are mm-hmm. small. They have not developed in such a way that they understand their power and that they're no longer powerless children standing before a very powerful people, that they too have right. power. And I think that that's part of where we've got to begin to focus our gaze on trying to understand that, unfortunately, my nieces and nephews were the first generation of black kids who went to schools where they were tracked. My nieces and nephews were one or two black kids in gifted classes. Uh-huh. They had terrible experiences, only rehabilitated when they went to Spelman and Morehouse and Hampton, the historically black colleges. That uh-huh. was one of the best gifts that we could have given them. They don't have they don't have any affection for schools. And I'm saying yeah. and, and and so I think that something happened psychologically. Uh-huh. The generations, mm-hmm. you can't go through those psychological experiences every day and come out whole. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. You lose a little bit of you uh, yes. uh, uh, the longer every you go through. Away. So even when you every graduate, right, yeah, you're, 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 you're not the same uh, uh, person when you graduate, if you graduate, than when you went in. Right. Um uh you are um uh you are very profound in your point making and uh uh what this has done for me uh uh is to bring me clarity uh in terms of uh where to zero in uh on my work. Um uh, uh I've always believed that uh the, uh which is why um my my tagline is no matter what know your value no matter what, no, you matter. Well, uh, uh, as I listen to you, um, uh, no wonder I have that tagline. I mean, right? Uh, you just didn't I mean, know where I it came like, from. Right? Well, I mean, much more like, right, profound than even you realize. Uh, and, and 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 I and I and I tell my audience, I'm very blunt and upfront about it. That what I write is what I have lived. I have. You know, I, I, I mean, I, I went through all that, and I, and I, and I completely had no idea who the hell I was. I was a complete shell of, 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 of who I was supposed to be, and it took uh, my young adulthood, uh, you know, to kind of begin to put the puzzle pieces together. Uh, uh, and as I have listened to you here for the past hour and a half or so. Uh, Ms. Sales, I, I, I have to say you have uh, aided me, uh, just me personally, one grain of sand on the beach of life, um, uh, uh, to gain clarity on 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 uh, uh, on the holes of my own soul. Uh, uh, so I can only hope that the, this production uh, echoes out uh, and 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 fortifies uh, uh, those who uh, who too. Uh, have 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 holes in their soul and and uh, maybe have not been able to put their finger on the why and the where and the who and the what and the how you have helped us 
uh, uh, me myself personally, and I know uh, all who will listen to this who have who have walked uh, 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 through. Uh, um, um, uh, and this is why uh, the questions uh, uh, that you asked earlier that I wrote down, what is the source of our disinterest? What is the source of our paralysis? Uh, that is the source, uh, I believe, or, or at least yes. a big part of it. Um, uh, and you have, you have asked those profound questions and many more and helped us to answer them at the same time. Uh, that is uh, priceless. Well, I think that one of the things, the more I do this work, it is very clear to me that sometimes the attachment is trauma and the fear to ever walk into that territory again and to go back in those spaces of non-resolution it's so difficult that we numb ourselves because it's easier to walk in those spaces when you're walking together with the community. But given the assault on the black community and the decimation of the black community, most of the times now you walk alone. We no longer have a community voice in the way that our voices were once strong. So it's very hard to go up against a system to relive that experience and to even face the fact that I want to believe in progress, but my children are dealing with the same things that I dealt with before. And that it creates in parents, if you don't really take it and use it well, it, it can paralyze you and make you feel guilty and make you feel powerless. So the healing, this stop the war on our children, is not just a call for transformation of black children's lives, but it's the beginning to transform our own lives. Because in transforming our lives, we become agents who change and transform our children's lives. So this gathering of 300 black women is as much for our morale to reaffirm our capacity and our place in the world as the base of our community. It is as much for us as it is for the children because once we were a gallant group of black women represented by Mary Church Terrell who strolled in an audience at the beginning of the 20th century with the rise of segregation and the rise of white terrorism expressed to the Ku Klux Klan. She strolled in that audience, and it was filled with black women who had come to hear her from everywhere. And she was talking about the terrorism of segregation. Black people, as Jane Weldon Johnson said, had come through a stony road. They had seen the rise of, 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 of white violence. They had seen that they had been able to vote during Reconstruction. They have been able to attend integrated schools. They have been able to hold office. We even had Senator Bruce from Mississippi as a senator in the in Congress. And suddenly, as we saw after the Civil Rights Movement, white people reorganized themselves, and that which had been destabilized 
in terms of white power, they began to use violence to stabilize it, which meant to the stabilization of black power. And she and black people were at the lowest ebb of our of our of our emotions as a people. We have been betrayed by Johnson, who had sent, who had pulled the troops out of the South that had protected us. Whole towns have been eviscerated and destroyed by raging mobs in Louisiana, in Tennessee, and we were at the lowest point. And Mary Church Terrell strolled in that room with these black women, one generation removed from slavery, two generations removed from slavery. And she asked the question, can we carry our load in the heat of the day? Mm. Can we carry in the heat of the day with segregation in the fiery furnace of Southern apartheid? Can we do what is necessary to do? And the black women in that audience went crazy, started screaming, yelling, and stamping their feet and saying, yes, we can carry our load in the heat of the day. And so that's the question that black women must ask ourselves. And this gathering is to confirm and reaffirm that we can carry our load in the heat of the day, and we pledge to do that. Mm. Wow, that is uh, so powerful and empowering, uh, you, uh, Ms. Sales, uh, and your work, your Spirit House Project work, uh, help us to stand taller, uh, look straighter, um, hear with much more uh, fervor, and uh, and see beyond the eyes of our children, uh, see our role to help them do the same. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to um, Our Common Ground. Uh, normally, uh, the, uh, 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 this uh, fabulous tuffeted seat um, uh, is heralded by Ms. Janice Graham. Uh, Ms. Janice Graham um, is feeling a bit uh, under the weather this evening. And Janice, we know you are listening and we uh, uh, pray for your uh, wellness and your healing, and we thank you so much uh, for uh, through your work um, uh, and the work of Miss Ruby Fails. You help us. You put the pebble in the water. You ripple uh, wellness and healing to all who uh, are enjoying this program this evening, uh, as well as your library of work. Uh, this is uh, our common ground. Uh, the number uh, here for uh, the Spirit House Project. If you uh, want to travel to Washington, D.C., you want to be a part of this, or you are listening and you are in Washington, D.C., or the Baltimore area, or you're nearby, and you're like, hey, wait a minute, I, I, I want to be a part of this, uh, please email info at spirithouseproject.org. Info at spirit houseproject.org and you and can we also take contributions good okay i'm so glad i'm so glad that you said that uh, ruby uh and you can also call 404 228 7794 
404-228-7794. You know, as you have uh, stipulated uh, many times this evening, uh, Ms. Sales, uh, this work is... uh, uh this is deep this is uh this is spirit uh work uh this is work that we must all do in order to answer to the call of the work that needs to be done we can't get to where we need to be without going through uh the work that you have laid out for us that's deep I just want to say on the final note here that we've got to really deepen our conversation and our analysis on where have we been in the last 50 years. And one of the things that we have to understand, there were tools of oppression that white people use, that white supremacists use to dismantle the gains of movements of the Southern Freedom Movement, the movements in California with the Panthers, and all of the movements of the 60s throughout the late 70s that destabilized white power. And one of the things that they used, they looked at it and they said, okay, I need to understand how did these people whom I thought were subhuman beings second-class citizens, how did they have enough courage to rise up and face billy clubs and guns and bombs and, and, and horses and jails and waterboarding? How did they do that? That was the question that think tanks dealt with in the 70s and 80s and 90s, trying to discern to make sure that it never happened again. So what, three things that they decided, the black family was a source, was a site that black people developed in order to carry us through and to sustain mm-hmm. us in the process. The public schooling of African-American children was another stronghold. Mm-hmm. The black church, black religion was another stronghold. So they turned black religion into white Protestantism in the form of prosperity gospel. They destroyed the connection, they destroyed public schooling through desegregation. And one of the things I want to say is that by doing that, they disrupted the intimacy. You cannot be a free or a people who can fight when you don't know each other. So the system has made it very difficult for us to know each other. And then we have the the 90s, where the system told black kids, if your parents do this, if they do that, call us, call social workers, call the Department of Health and Human Affairs, call people, and turn children into tattletales with their own parents. And these assaults have had a tremendous impact on destroying the stronghold that once were sites of glorious resistance, stability, transformation, 
and acceleration. Um, you have uh, uh, you have laid a map as clear as uh, uh, what is it? Google Quest or MapQuest could ever be. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Ms. Ruby Sales has laid the blueprint. Uh, she has laid out the architectural blueprint. Um, the questions are, are we listening and are we able to be honest with ourselves yes. uh, to work through the answers because this is this is deep this is this is core this is spirit this is uh this is as deep as it gets uh but i i i i i agree with literally every word and breath you have spoken here this evening you have you have you have helped me more than you will ever know just one grain of sand on the beach of life, one human being on planet Earth, uh, you have uh, helped me. And I'm just hoping that the same spirit of clarity that you have passed on to me just by having this very public discussion, I'm hoping that that spirit of clarity pebbles out and ripples through whomever hears uh, your voice, your message, and because you can literally feel the soul and the depth of your soul in the message that you carry. You are truly living your activism, and it is truly an humbling privilege uh, to have sat with you, Ms. Ruby Sales. Thank you. It's been really a great honor and really quite inspirational for me, and I want to say hi to B.J., for being here with you tonight and for sharing what I think is a critical issue that we're facing as a community. And I just want to tack on one other question to the questions that you posed. Are our children, are they a labor, a love that is worthy of our labor? Are our children a love? that is worthy of our labor? And who is it that we work for when we work? And do we believe that our children are worthy of being saved? What will history write about us when when we're in dead and gone and history reviews this time, this season, will history once write, will history write that there was once a people whose children were under assault by state-sanctioned terror and murder and dehumanization and decimation, and these people rose up with tremendous will and saved their children or will they say once upon a time there lives a people whose children are no more? What will the wow. epitaph be for this generation? Uh, we are literally in the process of living 
the answer to that question. Will we rise or will we fall? Because I tell you what, the baton has been passed to us. And uh, it looks like, as 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 we say uh, in uh, athletics, we have hit the wall. We can we can we can either we can either rise, uh, yeah, uh, or not. Uh, but uh, but uh, you have uh, you have uh, you have so brilliantly and so simply laid the blueprint before us. I literally. I have goosebumps from my scalp to the bottom of my feet. That's how deep this is. To me, I'm hoping that that this spirit permeates throughout these airwaves as this work will live on demand. Uh, this library of work will live on demand. So whomever hears this, I hope they will be lifted um, from the gifts of your articulation and your and your life of commitment and legacy uh to uh activism and uh and just a love of your people we can feel that you love us and that in itself um helps us to stand taller and smile brighter and uh you know uh just give ourselves a hug that's what uh uh, that's what your message is at its root, and uh, and we have to redeem ourselves um, as a people. Uh, you have put that, you have put that, you have put that on us. I mean, there are no sunglasses that can block what you have uh, laid before us. Um, I don't see how anyone can uh, uh, ignore uh, the gravity uh, and the depth. Uh, of 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 what of the work that you are doing currently have dedicated your life to in the past and uh, work for the futures not only as you say not only of the children uh, 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 of our culture but us adults ourselves uh, deciphering uh, the detachment and the components of it and uh, more importantly uh, how to get past it and um, uh, nurture ourselves to be able to nurture nurture those. Uh, uh, that we love and that are before us because our legacy, our historic legacy uh, is in the balance. Uh, will we, will we, will we cop out uh, or will we rise to the challenge? I think that's really what you have put before us. Yes. And there is a song that a few words in a song that I'd like to read. And it's a song that Sweet Honey and the Rock sing. Until the killing of black mother's son is as important as the killing of white mother's son, we who believe in freedom cannot rest until they come. Until the killing of white mother's son and daughters is as important as the killing of black mother's sons and daughters, we who believe in freedom cannot dress until it comes. Ms. Ruby Sales, uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, I declare. Thank you so much. Thank you so very, very much. Ms. Ruby Sales, 
the founder of the Stop the War on Our Children movement. The delegation of 300-plus women will be beaming bold, black, and bright on 18 March of this year in Washington, D.C. If you want to be a part of this movement, and why would you not, please contact Spirit House Project. The number is 404-228-7794. And as you heard Ms. Sales say earlier, uh, they are accepting donations. Please email info at spirithouseproject.org to become an organizer, an endorser, uh, or even a delegate yourself. Uh, Wow, Uh, Ms. Ruby Sales. That was so powerful. I think we all need to... uh, Uh, gather those that we love around us and uh, share this show Um, and uh, share, share, you need to share this one. Um, I want to personally thank Ms. Janice Graham, uh, 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 who is the award-winning host of Our Common Ground uh, Ms. Janice Graham uh, said, India, can you sit in for me? Um, like, you don't even have to finish the sentence. Yes. Where do you want me to be? What time? I'm there. Uh, I love this dear lady. She is not feeling very well this evening. We wish Ms. Janice Graham uh, wellness and a full, bouncing recovery. Uh, I am honored and humbled and privileged uh, to have been asked to sit in the seat and speak with such an icon of human rights activism, uh, Ms. Ruby Sales. Janice, thank you so very, very much for the opportunity. Uh, thank you to our audience. I have lost the chat room. Uh, my shockwave flash has crashed, which I don't know what that means, but I lost I lost my chat room. Uh, so I posted uh, in the chat room uh, uh, the demands and the contact uh, information uh, for uh, Ms. Ruby Sells' organization to stop the war on our children. Good night. As I have breath in my body and but you didn't, when you should have, but you don't, when you can't find, won't ask, can't say what you want. Who are you? When you recognize that you have accepted, tolerated, and accommodated stuff from them or him or her that has diminished yourself. Just who are you? Thank you so much for being with us here at Our Common Ground. Each Saturday, 10 p.m., 
I'm Janice Graham, and I'll be listening for you. A special thanks to our chatters in our chat room. Join us on Facebook, Tumblr, Pinterest, and our website at OurCommonGround.com. Twitter, follow at JaniceOCG. Have a great weekend. See you next week. Transforming Truth to Power. One broadcast at a time. I'm asking for truth. I know the truth. I know enough. So what I'm asking you is, what is your answer?